On today's show, we continue our Rockets season review series, taking a look at the two G-leaguers for the Houston Rockets, Dacian Nix and Trevelyn Queen, both how they performed when they were with the Houston Rockets, as well as how they stood out amongst their G-league peers. The chances of either of these two guys moving forward being an actual part of this young Rockets core, the direction this organization is headed, all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, also host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. As always, we appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. Joining us now as we continue our Houston Rockets recap series going through the Rockets season and tackling players on an individual level is none other than Lashard Binkley, staff writer for DreamShake SB Nation and credential reporter covering your RGV Vipers. Lashard, the Vipers have had a phenomenal season. They are now winners of four G League championship trophies. No other team in the G League has two of them. They had a ton of success. And at the heart of a lot of that success this season were two names that Rockets fans have become quite accustomed to hearing, and that's Trevlin Queen and Dacian Nix. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to start here with Trevlin Queen because I think Dacian Nix is going to be the guy that we spend probably a little bit more time talking about in today's episode. Yeah. Trevlin, you know, strikes me as this guy, he, you know, I'm very intrigued by his skill set, what he does bring to the table. And, you know, I'm very curious to to know your thoughts on, you know, is there maybe a role for him moving forward with this Rockets team? We've kind of seen him, you know, flirting back and forth with the G League spot mm-hmm. a couple seasons now. He's been, you know, kind of a, almost like a common household name for this Rockets team. And when you see him play, and, and you know, to me, one, the shot is what really stands out. Yeah. I mean, he's got a he's got a phenomenal three point shot. The form, the stroke, it looks good. The numbers, you know, coming down to it, when when you look at what he was actually able actually able to produce the G League level, twenty five points per contest, eight or you know, six, sorry, six and a half rebounds, almost five assists, three and a half steals. Like the numbers are just exploding off yeah. the page at the G League level. But it's about getting that to translate to the NBA. That's always the biggest hurdle for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and I think with Queen, he's kind of caught in between because he is 25 years old. Um, he has tried, you know, been with the Rockets a couple of times and not to say it didn't work out. It's just a numbers game at the end of the day. I mean, the Rockets have several guards that they're already trying to look at. And then you have to factor in Eric Gordon again this year, who they weren't able to trade before the deadline. So that added another guard that they were trying to fit in. And then traveling queen, I mean, when he's in the G League, he's the best, as you saw, he's the best player in the G League as he won the MVP. Um, the, the biggest thing for him is consistency once he gets to the you know, NBA level, which, again, kind of goes with playing time, which, again, is kind of hard to do with the Rockets. So I think as far as a role with the Rockets going forward, I just think it's going to be difficult for him, not because he's not a good player and he can't play in the league. It's just that the Rockets, you have to factor in you have um, a Josh Christopher 
you have what are they going to do with Eric Gordon? Are they going to actually move on from Eric Gordon at some point? I mean, Garrison Matthews did play small forward, but he's really a shooting guard, and they just signed him to a standard contract. So it's really just going to come down to a numbers game. I think he's going to be part of training camp. They're going to give him a chance to make the roster, but I think it's going to be really hard for him at the end of the day, at least to make the the Rockets um, final roster. But I think he has a chance on other NBA teams because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can always use a 6'6 guard that can shoot 35% from three, and he also led the G League in steals as well. Um, so, I mean, he'll still have an opportunity with some team, just like with Armani Brooks, who, you know, eventually ended up with the Raptors. I mean, he'll have an opportunity with one of the other teams in the league for sure. Yeah, it's just I think it's about kind of if he's able to really leverage, obviously, the phenomenal play that he's had with the G League, with the with the Vipers. And yeah. turn that into, you know, even just if it's a short stretch, even if it's like, you know, 10, 15 games at some point, like next yeah. season, if he's able to leverage that, then that's when you get those opportunities for guys like Armani, like Garrison Matthews, who get kind of picked up maybe off the scrap heap a little bit and, and you know, kind of dusted off by a general manager like Rafael yeah. Stone. He's like, you know what? Let me go ahead and float you a deal. You know, super like four years, like tons of non-guaranteed money. Yeah. But, you know, it, it gets you on an NBA standard contract. And that's what all these guys are really fighting for. And I think that Trevelyn Queen has shown a lot of flashes of talent. But to, to you, Lashard, what really has stood out to you the most about Queen's game as you've been, you know, watching him so closely this past, you know, RGB season? I would say he's like a tough shot maker. I mean, it doesn't matter whether he has somebody in his face from 30 feet away, 25 feet away. He has all the confidence in the world that he's just going to take the shot. And I think that's something Abdel Fattah has kind of instilled in all the players on the G League that he doesn't yank you out just because you may, you know, quote unquote, take a bad shot. So he has all the confidence in the world. And I think that's something that he can definitely take into the G League. I mean, into the NBA. Um, I think just the, the biggest issue with him, like I said, is his consistency, being able to do that night in and night out. Um, because, of course, in the G League, I mean, phenomenal. But, of course, you're not playing against NBA-type talent every single game. So I, I think that if he can have that consistency in the NBA, I think that his shot-making can translate um, the way he plays passing lanes. Um, he's probably one of the best players in the league at playing uh, passing lanes as well. Um, he's phenomenal on fast breaks. Uh, and he also he's a willing passer. He's not just, you know, a, a person that's going to take 30 shots a game and not pass the ball. So he's a willing passer as well. I think – I really think ultimately it's just opportunity with him. I mean, if he was to go with somebody like the Orlando Magic and actually get time where 10 or 15 games, like you said, in a row where he's able to just play, I think that he can actually carve out a role in the NBA. I think that if, for instance, if he would have came up instead of Garrison Matthews and played the same role as Garrison Matthews, who knows? He's probably the one with the guarantee contract. So, like I said, I think it's just a matter of getting that playing time in the NBA. You know, and it's, it, I think too, especially when you look at a guy that is able to kind of impact the game, uh, you know, from, from both sides of the floor, right? He's not just doing it offensively. He does, he is, you know, a, a willing and capable defender. And I think that's probably going to have to be necessarily like his calling card. Cause right. You, you, you know, if he's, you know, burning 25 points a game at the G league level, that yeah. doesn't exactly translate to 25 points a game at the NBA level, but he's shown an ability to, you know, make some difficult shots to be able to create for himself, create for others. But the NBA level, a lot of teams already have their primary and even their secondary like yeah. facilitator. And it's about him being able to slot into more of like a, a role player type role and kind yes. of embrace that new identity. And I wonder if that's something that, you know, ultimately is going to be the barrier for him to really make it either either here with the Rockets or with another NBA team. 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing for all these players because, I mean, a lot of them that actually make it to the NBA are stars on their G League team or were stars in college. So now they're trying to figure out what their role is going to be in the NBA. And I think it's the same thing for Queen because when he's with the Vipers, he's the main guy. I mean, it was pretty much him and Knicks were the main guys. Something Coach said all year when I was talking to him after the games, like those were the two main guys that they depended on throughout the year. But, of course, he comes up with the Rockets. He's pretty much probably never going to be the main guy. It's going to be Jalen Green. It's going to be Kevin Porter Jr. It's going to be Shane Goon. It's going to be those players. So he has to figure out that, okay, I need to carve out my role as being the, I don't know, Jordan Clarkson of the, of, of the, of the Rockets or whatever team he's with, where I just come in, I give maximum effort on offensive end. I try to go in there and I try to get a few steals, try to make some plays on defense and not necessarily take over the game because – um, I mean, the way it's looking, he's probably not going to be getting 30 minutes a game for any team that's actually competing. I mean, he may get that on a team that's at the end of the year that doesn't have enough players, but he has to carve out a role where he's only going to be playing 10 or 15 minutes a game. And I mean, he's able to do that because he has the ability. But like I said, he's he's 25 years old. Not to say that he's old, but teams are not going to necessarily going to be looking to build around him as their main player. Like you said, he's going to have to carve out that you know, seventh or eighth man off the bench type role. Coming up, we're going to shift gears to the other RGV Viper that we want to talk about, a guy that spent a little bit more time with the Rockets at the NBA level, and that's one Dacian Nix. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Prize Picks. Are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to check out the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It's so simple. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Listeners get $50 for free that's 50 bucks for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores just a single point all you have to do is use promo code nba that's right this is an exclusive offer for locked on listeners only sign up today and use code nba for 50 dollars for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores just a single point prize picks is daily fantasy made easy And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked on Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, Lashard, as we kind of change gears here and focus on Dacian Knicks, you know, we, we, we talk about traveling queen and being a bit older, right? 25 you know, not necessarily going to be one of the guys, you know, a younger guy that people are looking to necessarily build around. Yeah. Dacian Nix, completely opposite, you know, side of the coin, right? He is a younger guy and does have, you know, hopes to potentially be a part of, of this Rockets young core moving forward. And we even got to see some glimpses of him with the Rockets at the NBA level. Yes. You know, I really think – and. You know, he he stands out as kind of like that, like more so traditional point guard, very much a pass first mentality. Yeah. Um, because I didn't get to see him as much in the G League, I want to know first from you, is that does he kind of embody that same mentality at the G League or has he been a guy that's kind of had to shift the way that he approaches the game when he's playing for the Vipers versus when he's playing with the Rockets? Um, he's still a pass point, a pass first point guard, even with the Vipers, even though he has to take on a bigger role. Um, cause like I said earlier in the first segment, he is the him and Queen were the main two guys on the offensive end. 
But even then, he's still looking for his other guy. He's still looking for Kevin Gale. He's still looking for Fatal. He's still looking for uh, Tyler Bay. Uh, even when he's coming down on a fast break, he's not you know necessarily looking to shoot up a three as soon as he comes down, you know, a la Steph Curry or somebody like that. He's still a pass-first point guard. It's just that in the G League, he had a lot more opportunities because, I mean, as you saw watching them in the finals, the Vipers like the fastest team in the in the G League. They average the most points throughout the year. They had the fastest pace. They always push the ball. They always put up a lot of shots, a lot of points. So he's able to do both with the Vipers. He's able to score and also, you know, be able to get everybody else involved. I mean, even going back to when he played with Jalen with the Ignite team, even though they had veteran point guards on that team, a lot of times he would actually end the games as the point guard um, with those uh, teams that had Jalen Green, that had Kaminga, um, that had those other you know top flight players. He was still the point guard on that team, and it still hasn't it hasn't changed. It's actually gotten better over the last couple of years. We didn't see a lot with the Rockets just because they would tend to play him with Dennis Schroeder a lot, which is not necessarily his best. Um, attribute is playing off the ball because even though he has improved his three-point shooting that's still something he needs to work on on the nba level but in the g league he was in total command of the uh the vipers from start to finish yeah i mean dacia nix's g league numbers are absolutely insane uh, yeah. not not quite to the level of traveling queens but you look at the numbers he put up 22 and a half points per game 6.2 rebounds seven and a half uh, <coughs> pardon me <clears throat> Seven and a half assists, 2.3 steals on really solid efficiency, basically 50% from the floor, and then almost 40% from three. And I think that was the area especially that really stood out to me was his three-point shooting and the the amount of work that he's put in to become a better three-point shooter. Because you go back to his first season with the G League Ignite, and he was shooting 18% (laughs) on two and a half (laughs) attempts per game. And that was kind of the big question mark is, okay, you've got this like, you know, strong, you know, burly, you know, six, three, six, four, like, you know, really good frame for an NBA player, you know, a great body, but you know, can, can he actually shoot the ball? And the shooting form looks incredible. Like it really does look great. He has definitely put in a ton of, a ton of man hours there. The thing that really bothered me though, with some of the games we saw him playing uh, with the Rockets was that he was, you know, at times too passive of a shooter or too passive of a player, right? Where he'd yeah. get an opportunity to shoot the basketball. And it's almost like he was like overthinking things at times where he'd pass up a perfectly, you know, great opportunity to shoot. And sometimes, you know, the ball would even come back to him on a given possession where he had a shot earlier in the shot clock, kicked it off to somebody else, and then it gets back to him. And then he's forced to put up a contested shot instead. And yeah. I think that was, you know, that was a really great point you brought up about him being matched up with Dennis Schroeder, unfortunately. I really wish we could have seen more minutes of Dacian Nix alongside like Jalen or maybe yeah. even, you know, KPJ, just because Schroeder's a guy that has to have the ball in his hands to be really effective. And that's what you want to see out of Dacian Nix. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It was kind of hard to evaluate him with the Rocks, but. Definitely, he was more passive. It almost seemed like he was trying to fit in with the players around him. Um, just because, he, you know, when you're called up from the G League and you – even if once you get that standard contract, you're still at the point where I'm sure you're trying to prove yourself and you're trying to prove that you can fit in. And I, I think that's what he was trying a lot of times because also he wasn't getting a lot of time. I mean, he got a little bit more time as the season went on. But when he first got there, he wasn't getting a lot of time on the court. So it's almost like he was trying not to mess up. But then when you go watch him with the Vipers, it's a totally different situation. He was playing with confidence. He knew he was going to get 30 minutes a game. So he was okay making mistakes. He had his, his turnover rate was a little bit high. 
energy, but he also had the ball in his hands probably 90% of the time. So that's why I wasn't really too concerned about his turnover rate in the G League. But yeah, his confidence between the two were totally different. And you hope that with training camp and offseason and being with the Rockets, I don't really see him going back to the G League next year. It's really not a point uh, for him to go back to the G League. I think he's proved all he needs to prove at that level. So he should have a full year with the Rockets, and I think that'll really help him, especially going into training camp and offseason. He'll probably pay, play in summer league. That'll help him as well. So I think you'll see a lot more confident uh, Dacian Knicks going into the next year. What do you think is the thing that Dacian needs to work on the absolute most as we're looking at you know this offseason heading into training camp and, and next year? Um, I still think he tends to be out of um, position on defense. And he does get into foul trouble. That was one of the problems he did have in the G League. He, he tended to get into foul trouble fairly quickly. Um, sometimes he'll have four or five fouls in the third quarter. And then um, Coach Abdel Fattah had to kind of figure out whether he wanted to keep him in the game. So he definitely has to work on that. He did improve his three-point shooting, but he has to work on that at an NBA level because, as you know, closehouse in the NBA are totally different than in the G League. So he's going to have to be able to shoot under pressure because a lot of his shots aren't going to be just wide-open shots. So – he has to continue working on that. Um, as far as a playmaker, it's not really too much he needs to work on. I mean, of course, turnovers have to come down, but that's pretty much with anybody, especially young players. So he doesn't really have to work on too much of his playmaking. I think that's already at an NBA level. Finishing at the rim, he's already at an NBA level. So definitely his shooting and just being able to be a better overall defender because he has the body type to be able to defend pretty much one through four, you know, a la James Harden as far as being able to defend post defenders, he can defend a, a bigger power forward because he has the body type. Um, it's just a matter of, like I said, being able to move his feet better and not reaching as much because that was one of his biggest problems was he you know, kind of stayed in foul trouble because he tended to reach instead of moving his feet. Yeah, with with Dacian too, I I think there's there's some cautious optimism there when you look at where the where the Rockets are at with their guard rotation right now. Yeah. If you ignore the veterans, right? So obviously there's big question marks about what happens with Eric Gordon, what happens with Dennis Schroeder. But yes. if you ignore those two guys, I've got KPJ, Jalen Green, and, and Josh Christopher. Those are the locks. And I think there's yes. that cautious optimism that Dacian Nix could be kind of the fourth guard of the Rockets rotation moving forward. And, and when you again, when you look at the way that his game kind of compliments those other guys you don't mm -hmm. see that pass first mentality out of those other guys and i think yeah. that's why you have this idea that oh well dacian could play alongside any one of those guys even kevin porter jr to an extent yeah. because kpj is that kind of dynamic scoring guard and can play off of another pass first creator uh in this rockets offense yeah and i think that's kind of why the rockets made the move they did giving them that standard contract because they saw how his game could complement the other players I mean, you have a player like KPJ, and I know that was kind of the thing all year with Rockets fans was, well, he's not a pass-first point guard. He's kind of a shoot-first point guard. Dacian Nix is the actually complete opposite. And I think even more in the NBA, he's going to be like that because he's going to be the type of player that wants to get everybody else involved in the offense. He wants to make other players look, you know, look good on the court, and he's going to get Jalen Green the ball. And I think that's another thing that's going to help him is once he's able to play with these players, he's going to know where they want the ball on the, on the court. Like he, like with him and Queen, he already knew where Queen liked uh, the ball on the court as far as getting off his shot. And I think the more he works with players like Jalen Green and KPJ and even Shangoon, he's going to know what spot on the court they want the ball, where they want the bounce passes, how they like it on the fast break. And I think that's going to help him get on the court even faster next year because – 
I think, you know, at the end of the day, of course, it's a whole nother show as far as free agency for the Rockets. But I think more than likely you're not going to see Dennis Schroeder on the team. And I think that's going to open up the door for Dacia Knicks to get actual real minutes next year and not just garbage time. Coming up, final thoughts here on Trevlin Queen and Dacian Knicks, as well as taking a quick look at Coach Mahmoud Abdelfada and what he has done with that RGV Viper squad. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure the often pointless and sometimes it's intimidating questioning, like is your car an LX, EX, like all this stuff, right? Just go into the fifth degree, all of that. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 50%, 100%, you know, more for the exact same auto parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years, taking care of people that know how to take care of stuff themselves. Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every single customer. They don't price gouge you just because you're a DIY person that knows how to do some you know, minor repairs yourself, right? They've got everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a brand new carpet. So go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and find all the parts available for your car or truck. This is a really important part. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will Ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Locked on NBA podcast from the first jump of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I host the Monday edition of Locked on NBA. Always a ton of fun. Be sure to check it out wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Now, Lashard, as we're kind of wrapping up, Final thoughts here on yeah. Dacian Knicks, Trevlin Queen. You know, we, we got we got to see a couple games, you know, from Dacian Knicks, and he had a couple, you know, I, I can't say standout performances at the NBA level, but, he, you know, I think the one that it, it, we can probably safely point to as maybe his best performance is on the road against the Pelicans. It was a loss for the Rockets, but he had eight yeah. points. He had five assists, really solid game, just two turnovers, um, shot three of five from the floor, one of two from three, you know, a, a solid all-around game from Dacian Knicks, but, if somebody wanted to go kind of see what these guys looked like unleashed, right, with the RGB Vipers, what to you would be, you know, or is there a best game in mind that you have for both Trev and for Dacian, you know, for, for people to go check out and see them when they're at their best with RGV? Yeah, and actually it's one of their most recent games. It was the first game of the uh, G League Finals uh, where the Vipers actually had three players that um, actually had, uh, they had two players that had triple-doubles, uh, Trevlin Queen had 44 points, which was the second most in G League Finals history. Um, Dacian Nix actually was one of the guys that had a triple-double along with Kevin Gailey. Um, that game right there kind of shows you everything you need to know about the two players. Um, Dacian Nix didn't necessarily put up 40 points, but he had a great overall game. Um, he was getting everybody involved. He also was able to get his own offense. And then you saw with Trevlin Queen, he kind of did everything on the court. I mean, like I say, he had the 44 points. He was able to score from anywhere on the court. Even when Delaware kind of got back in the game, you saw where he just took over in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly the type of player he is. He has all the confidence in the world, like I was saying before. But if you go back and watch that game one of the G League Finals, you see where both players were at their very best all year long. Um, when Exactly when the Vipers needed it. And it was kind of funny with Knicks was 
he had just played with the Rockets in the Raptors game the night before. He actually flew in um, to Houston, made the five and a half hour drive from Houston um, to uh, RGV and actually played in that game and still had a triple double. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about Knicks is that he loved to play. They gave him the option to play. He didn't have to play because um, I'm, I think they asked a couple other players if they wanted to go down and they said no, which you kind of understand. It was the end of the year. They were ready to move on. But Knicks was like, no, I want to play. I want to help my team. Drove down there, played a great game, had a triple-double. And like I said, uh, Trevlin Queen had probably one of the best games ever in the G League Finals. So if you want to watch a game where those two were at their very best, definitely check out game one of the finals. And at the, you know, the kind of the mastermind behind all of this is Coach Abdel Fada, you know, yeah. with the RGV Vipers. And he has done a phenomenal job down there with with the Vipers. And at this point, there's there's zero reason why he shouldn't be, uh, you know, sitting as an assistant coach yeah. on somebody's bench. You know, hopefully next season it would be it would be a shame to lose him with the Vipers program because that's been yeah. such a great pipeline for kind of cultivating some talent for the Houston Rockets and the Vipers do it better than anybody else in the G league. Obviously we mentioned the championship trophies, but you just, you see what they're, what they're kind of instilling down there, the program that they're running, all of that. What have you really learned and what's really stood out about Abdel Fada as you've covered the, the Vipers this season, Lashard? I would say even from just day one, he's like the most uh, um, humble person you're going to meet. Um, he, I mean, I just started, it was like my first time I, you know, actually, covering a team, being able to talk to the players and the coaches. And he will talk to you personally. He will say your name from day one. He learned all the reporters' names. Even after losses, he never uh, was the type of person that will give you short answers or was kind of like in a hurry, um, even though you know he had other things he wanted to do besides, you know, talking about a loss after a game. But he was really humble. He broke down the game. He took time to answer all the questions. And you can always tell he was locked in from day one. It was never about one win. It was never about one particular play. It was always about the end result, which was winning a championship. And he was always well prepared. Um, he Even when a certain player you may not have been paying attention to all year, he would always make it a point to uh, point out that player. Because even if it was like the ninth man on the bench and he only scored five points, he would actually point out why that player helped them win. And that's something just – Watching, you know, other coaches give interviews or, you know, on the NBA level, they not always necessarily want to talk to the media. And he always made it a point to actually made it, make you feel like he actually wanted to speak to you and actually break down the game. And I think that, like you said, he should be on somebody's bench as an assistant coach next year. I mean, whether it's the Rockets or not, I don't know, because they already have a full roster. I mean, like you said, it would be a shame if he's out of the Rockets pipeline altogether. But one way or another, just like – uh, Joseph Blair before him that won the championship in, in, in 2019. He's an assistant coach now. One way or another, he's going to be on somebody's bench next year because he has rose up the ranks really fast from a video coordinator to assistant coach on that 19 team to now, you know, G League championship head coach. So it's just a matter of time before he's going to be an actual head coach, just like a Nick Nurse or a Chris Finch is. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you ne you never say never that you know that people are constantly moving around the NBA. The landscape yeah. changes, you know, o overnight seemingly sometimes. And hey, you know, it, it could be right. And it, obviously, there different, slightly different situations here with Barbara Turner being in the player development side of things yeah. for the Rockets as far as the coaching staff goes. But with her departing to the Atlanta Dream, I mean, you know, maybe the Rockets take a look at 
coach Abdufada and say, Hey, we want to bring you up here. Like you just, yeah. you know, get up here. We'll put you on, we'll put you as an assistant coach on the bench. Even if you're not going to be in the specific like player development role, you know, Maybe that's something that they take a look at potentially doing because you're absolutely right. He deserves to be on a you know on a coaching staff somewhere. And yeah. I, I you know selfishly I hope it's here in Houston because I love what he's done with the Vipers and I would like to see him continue to be able to have that you know relationship with the Rockets organization and not lose him to somebody else uh, and then eventually see him become a head coach and win a championship somewhere else, right? A la Nick Nurse. But um, <laughs> Lashar, last thing yeah, here exactly. It, it, we you know. How how great was it seeing Gerald Green out there with those young guys, you know, experiencing that championship, yeah. you know, getting because obviously we saw, right, you know, Gerald tried the, you know, tried to become a coach, you know, with the Rockets, player developmental coach at the start of the season and you know, just didn't hadn't quite scratched that itch of being a player, right? Didn't quite yeah. wasn't ready for retirement. And I think Steven Silas, you know, eloquently put it when he was like, you've got to when you're done playing, you've got to be done playing. And Gerald yes. just wasn't done playing. He wanted to be a player so bad. And to see him be able to go do that with RGV, how did what was that experience like just seeing him, you know, so excited about winning the title with everybody else? Yeah, I mean, that was great because I mean the crazy thing, like you said, he was a coach. He was actually traveling Queens shooting coach. And now he's playing with him, you know, on a championship team. And that's something actually Coach mentioned uh, during one of the press conferences in the playoffs. He was like, Gerald Green didn't come in and say, well, I'm the NBA vet. I'm the slam, former slam dunk champion. I played in the NBA. I played in playoff games. Everybody needs to follow me. He did whatever Coach needed him to do on the court. He was actually an extension, um, as Coach said. He was a, another coach on the court for them. And he played, you know, 35 minutes a game. He played 20 minutes a game. Whatever coach needed him to do, that's what he did. And that's what's, you know, so great about, you know, Gerald Green winning that ring that he didn't come in and just say, okay, I'm taking over. This is my team. He actually was out there helping the guys and making them better. And, yeah, it was great seeing him after all the years of getting real close with the Rockets and being a coach and then coming back and then able to raise that trophy up. And you could tell it was just like he won the NBA championship. He was extremely happy. And it was, you know, it was a it was a great thing to see just overall the entire team, but especially, you know, Joe Green finally getting that ring and being able to celebrate and, you know, become, you know, actual champion on the court. You know, two two quick little anecdotes here. One, I would love to see a picture of Gerald Green flexing the ring on the finger that he's missing. Like just have the <laughs> ring, like just, just barely sitting on there. Like I that need like an up close, yeah. like I need like an up close photo of like the ring, just like barely sitting on the nub right there. No, that'd be hilarious. You'd come I, full it, circle. Yes. I, I feel like, it, I feel like it, that, I, that'd be a very Gerald Green esque thing to do. I need yeah. to, we need to like, you know, DM him on IG and be like, yo, we, the, the people need this. But um, to your point about the relationship between Gerald Green and Trevlin Queen, um, there was actually a game earlier this rocket season before Gerald had stepped down as the player developmental coach, where I was walking kind of just behind Gerald and Trev as they were yeah. walking out to the Toyota center floor for warmups. And I, you know, Gerald green was kind of walking just in front of us. And so I went, I said, what's up coach green. And <laughs> Gerald goes, Gerald goes, Hey man, what's up? And he looks at me. And then Trev is walking right next to him. He goes, coach green. Like just, <laughs> And, and Gerald, <laughs> Gerald kind of laughed about it. It was, it was a good, you know, kind of moment. And then yeah. Gerald goes, man, I'm trying to be player green, not coach green. And so yeah. it's like, it was that moment where like, you could kind of tell, like he just, he wasn't ready to to really give up basketball quite no. just yet. But yeah. I, I do hope he finds his way back to, 
you know, a coaching staff, be it with the Rockets or another organization when he is real, you know, truly ready to hang yeah. up the sneakers. Cause he, he'd be a great benefit to, to any coaching staff out there. A ton of NBA experience and just one of the, one of the best people you will ever, you know, talk to because yeah. he is just such a wholesome down to earth guy. Um, really some of the best interactions that I've had this season. We're, we're talking with Gerald green when he was on the coaching staff, but yeah. Lashard. This has been a pleasure to kind of go over some of the, you know, the the ins and the outs with the G League guys here today with you. But you have a brand new podcast coming out yeah. here very soon. It's right around the corner, actually. Please tell us about that. Let our listeners know where they can find that. Yeah. And before I mention, I just definitely want to thank you because you kind of got me started in this podcasting thing a couple of years ago. Um when I barely even knew how to even turn on a camera, you definitely helped me out a lot. Um, so first off, thank you. Um, helping me along this journey is, it's been great, uh, so far. Um, but, uh, the actual podcast that, um, myself and Anthony Duckett, and we are partnering with, um, clutch fans, uh, Dave over at clutch fans, which, I mean, if you're a Rockets fan, you know, clutch fans. I mean, who doesn't know clutch fans? He's one of the original, he's the um, OG, the OG, he's the original Rockets fan site. Um, so everybody knows Dave. So it's, it's great partnering with him. And of course, me and Anthony have done probably a hundred podcasts together. And so we are officially joining um, to do rocket fuel, which is actually starting next week. Um, we're doing our first podcast together. Um, it's going to be great. We're going to be you know, doing some of the same things we were doing over at Launchpad, uh, talking rockets, uh, especially with the draft lottery coming up and debating as like everybody else is doing who the rocket should take with that first, um, hopefully first overall pick. Uh, so definitely make sure you check it out. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on Apple. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at CF Rockets Fuel. So it's uh, with a S um, when you're actually looking it up on Twitter. So uh, definitely make sure to check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm so looking forward to the podcast. You know, anytime that you and AD get on the mic together, it's always a ton of fun. And then, like you said, you know, yeah. introducing Dave into that mix. Uh, that's that's going to be three goats right there all in one podcast. Yeah, and I, I cannot wait that. to see you guys drop it. I can't wait to see what you guys do with that. Um, Lashard, always a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And we'll definitely have you on the show. Maybe we can have all four of us on. That'll be a definitely a great episode an all-timer for sure i'm absolutely yes. looking forward to it but uh thanks for stopping by man i appreciate it uh definitely i appreciate it anytime that's going to do it for today's episode going over the rgv vipers in trevlin queen and dash nicks as well as just how amazing coach abdul fada has been with that squad down there if you haven't done so yet please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast apple spotify google the odyssey app free and available on all platforms also check us out on youtube search locked on rockets on youtube like comment subscribe all that good stuff what do you feel or how do you feel about dash nicks role with this rockets team moving forward let me know in the comments i do read each and every one of those every single day as always, thank you so much for watching, so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.